Can you hear me? I hear you very well. Do you hear me? I do hear you very well. Thank you. So, um, yeah, we're actually doing this, I guess. After all, we are for all that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like everyone who's listening to this, they don't know how long this has been in planning. Like, it's where did ridiculous. you pitch? When did you pitch the idea? Like in November? No, before that. I think it was even before that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, wow. but anyhow, you know, uh, at last we, it seems like we found a way to record um, because everyone who's listening to this, this is not um, your regular um, type of podcast. We have a very special situation with this, with us. So, but let's start from the, uh, from first, from scratch. So, um, we are Putin Bratwurst, which is our name, and it also gives a little away from um, what we do and uh, and who we are and why this podcast is special. So maybe, Philip, you want to um, start off with uh, introducing yourself. Yeah, well, uh, I, I want to say that the podcast is, uh, is, is, is kind of uh, us just uh, keeping up to date with our lives, I guess, but sharing it with uh, with you guys, and uh, through that, maybe... Uh, having some cultural uh, exchanges since uh so i'm from quebec so that's a province in uh, canada uh um, i'm a public servant here in uh, the the capital of ottawa uh and um basically i'm from quebec city i'm doing mostly music that's my main interest uh i read i write passionate about a lot of things as uh, simon knows uh, very well and yeah, tell us about. That. I don't know if that's a good introduction, but uh, <laughs> I, I think it's. I, I think it's. I think it's good. I, you're, you're giving away the main facts. Um, so, I live in Germany, uh, in Hamburg, um, to be exact, and um, I um, work here as a copywriter. So I'm, I'm trying to be creative. Um, and yes, but so so what. What, what you might be asking yourself is how do these two guys who live on opposite sides of the world um, get to do a podcast together? And it's, uh, it's actually a funny story because um, the, where we met the first time was in Seoul, South Korea. Isn't that right? That's correct. Uh, as surprising as it may sound. So um, let's, let's, I, I, w- I would like to hear from you, like, um, when what do you remember was the first time we met and at uh, the situation and uh, you know like any thoughts you had? I, I'm kind of curious in that. So um, it's I don't I don't know if I ever heard your version of how you ended up in that classroom that day, but uh, I can tell you my version first. Basically, um, I was we were studying at the same university in uh, Seoul as you said before, uh, yeah. and uh, I wanted to make uh, local friends because it's not easy. Uh, for for those who have done some international studies, semesters abroad and such, um, it's easy to just stick around people of even your own language. Um, for example, like me, I would just hang out with French and Belgium people. That would be very easy to do, right? Um, but I, w- yeah. I really wanted to make local friends, uh, make Korean friends. So um, there was a day on campus um, with the clubs. Uh, so it's a big, it's a big deal in South Korea. I know it's a thing here too, but it's not as big as this for sure. I don't know for Germany, but uh, school clubs seems to be like a very big deal 
uh, at least in our university. And um, it's huge. People, yeah, it's huge over there. <laughs> yeah, people are very proud of the clubs they're part of. They wear uh, clothes. Uh, um, wearing the name of the clubs they're a part of and everything. So I thought that would be a good opportunity to maybe meet uh, local um, local people of Seoul. So I, I went through uh, what the, the the clubs were and most of them, like, of course, I couldn't be a part of because uh, it was unrelated to me or clearly not meant for foreigners. Um, and I have a, a funny story how, like, um, uh, some guys saw me and it was the literature club, like the reading reading circle or something. Like, like, what do you mean by he saw you? Like he the first like, time he, he met you, or I mean, it was walking around the the booths. So that's the thing I didn't say. Maybe it was a club day, right? So all the clubs are trying to get new members. Oh, I know what you mean. Like they have like <clears throat> these little tents, and you get some yeah. food, and you know yeah. everyone is wearing like their their club <clears throat> shirts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to recruit new members. So I was just walking around yeah. and and and. If somebody would stop to talk to me, I would talk to them uh, and let them sell me their club, basically. And this guy was like, oh, do you like reading? I was like, yeah, I do. But like, uh, I can't read Korean or anything. And he said, oh, we also read like Shakespeare. <laughs> I was like, I'm, Whoa, British. Great. <laughs> I'm not British or American. So I don't really care, I don't really care about Shakespeare. I mean, it's, I, I guess it's fine literature, but like. It's not the way to seduce me, I guess. And yeah. uh, he was like, oh, what do you read anyway? So I, I didn't sign up. But um, and, and the last booth or one of the last one was the music uh, writer or music comp composer or like the music people uh, of, of the school. And this guy stopped me, this guy that I've never seen afterward, by the way. I don't know who he was. Uh, <clears throat> he stopped me and he was like, oh, do you like music? I'm like, yes. Do you write music? Like, yes. Do you want to have access to like musical instruments while you're here? I was like, uh, yes, uh, very much, you know, because I don't have a guitar at my yeah. at my dorm. And he was like, oh, you know, we have a drum, we have keyboard, or everything. I'm like, well, that's very cool. So he was like, oh, um, if you're interested, there's going to be like an information session uh, next week or something. Um, give me your Kakao Talk uh, ID or number. If for those who don't know, Kakao Talk is like WhatsApp, but uh, or, or, or Messenger, but in Korea, it's a very good app. I, I personally like it a lot, and. Um, they all use it, right? Everybody uses it there. And so I signed up and um, somebody texted me uh, the, the, the class number and everything. And I remember getting there and you were the only non-Asian looking person in the room. And I remember, I mean, except... Oh, yeah, I, I remember that night, yeah. And um, I think there was, I don't know, maybe 50 people. Is that, does that sound right? It, it, so, it sounds about right. Like it was, it was, it was, a, it was a huge classroom, and it was pretty much full of people. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And um, I remember seeing you, and um, I mean, I, I was like, I don't know, like I, I don't, I don't think I had any like impression. I was just like, oh well, there's another foreigner here. At least I'm not the only one, I guess. But you were sitting with with other people, so I thought you like it, maybe you were talking with some Asian-looking guy too. I don't know if you, um, I think yeah. you told me he was a Taiwanese guy or something. Like so, so I was like, oh well, uh, maybe he has, like he has he has like local friends already. Like cool. So I sat on my own, right? I didn't sit next to you. Um, and, the, the, uh, yeah, is, this like um, like from this is so interesting right now to to hear like your thoughts about that because the way I um, uh, experienced it was I saw you and throughout the whole evening I don't really think we spoke much and I think. Um, what I thought was, okay, this guy is so much into Koreans. He doesn't want to speak to me at all. He's like 
super against his own race. So that's what I thought. So I thought like, okay, he's like, he's like, because I am, when, um, as, as far as I remember, we were at the same dorm. So I, and, but I never really uh, saw you speak to other people. Like you were talking to this one uh, French guy, but uh, besides that, you weren't really that, com um, that much seen around, around the dorm. So right, I thought, so okay, you only want to see like Koreans. So, uh, like I said before, my goal uh, to join this club was, yes, to have a music instrument, but also to meet local people, right? Um, and I was also, uh, it's true I didn't hang out with the dorm people that much, um, because honestly, I didn't get along with a lot of, like, I was introduced to a lot of French, again, and Belgian people, uh, but my roommates uh, and, and our two neighbors were the only two I would talk to. Uh, I think I had a hard time with the philosophy some of the dorm people had with why they were there and what they wanted to do. Um, but in any case, I remember talking to you for the first time. So if you want me to finish, like what the evening was like, uh, I remember they, they spoke Korean the whole presentation, like not a word in English, right? Oh yeah, they did. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like this is not happening. Right. And this guy came to me and he was like, so, uh, do you speak Korean? And I was like, no. And he said, are you learning it? And I said, and I lied. I said, yes, very hard. You know, I'm studying, I'm taking class and stuff, which is not true. I, I never took class. <laughs> and, and, and he said, uh, you know, you can hang out with us tonight. You know, we're going for drinks after, and yeah. maybe we'll call it the night after that. Right. He was like, yeah, you're not going to be part of it and anything. So like, you know what, I'll take the opportunity and just go out with these guys. And uh, they would assign you to instruments also. I don't know if you remember that. And nobody wanted to play bass. So I, I don't play bass, but I was like, yeah, I'll play bass. <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't play it at all? Like, I thought uh, you, you already had some experience with it. No, no, I never. I mean, I own one now, but I bought it after Korea. Like, I never owned the bass and... Oh wow! This makes so much sense now with the with um, with some other stories that happened <laughs> with you playing bass there. Oh yeah. wow! But that that's such a ballsy move to to just go ahead and say yeah, I play the bass. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Isn't such it? a and it's such a big fuck you in the face of everyone who's professionally a bass player <laughs> that you have the confidence of saying yeah, I play the bass. Like everybody knows how to play the bass. <laughs> I just assume if I if I can play guitar, I'll probably be able to play some basic bass songs or whatever. But at this point, I thought I wouldn't be be able to be a part of the club anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. But I remember we went to this this restaurant or something, and I remember we talked a bit there. But I remember we talked more to the second place we went, which was like a a bar. And I took a very cool picture of you. I don't know if you remember that. Your I took a picture of you. You were. Tuning the guitar. There was an acoustic guitar on the table, and you were tuning the guitar. It's a very cool picture. You wear like a jacket or something, and you're very like in a Korean bar tuning a guitar. It's a cool picture. Oh yeah, I, I know. I, I know the picture. I think that's when we talked uh, like for real the first time. Uh, but yeah, for those who wonder, we ended up actually be a part of the club, uh, uh, for better or worse. I guess we have a lot of uh, <laughs> stories with that, uh, but. Uh, yeah, so that's how we met. But I don't know when we just became close friends. I think it just happened naturally. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking about as well. Yeah. Like from that point to us now, uh, there's like three months in Korea that I'm not sure really uh, what made us closer, but it, it happened like that. 
I think we went we went out with some other guys and uh, like like I I was in a, in a completely different group of friends there, over there like they were all people who had I think almost no connection to you and your group of friends but um, I I like I um, I had like an issue with one of these guys who was like like I don't I don't even want to talk about it but um, <laughs> I had an issue with one of these guys and 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 so I ended up being like alone because the guy was like he was like the center of this one group and um and we we had like a little fight it wasn't that big of a deal but he was such a pussy and and just wanted to <laughs> to you know he wanted to to hurt me and to punish me for having a, a different opinion than he did and so i was basically alone which is horrible if you're in another country where you don't know many people at all and you don't have a language to communicate with and that that's when I somehow got involved with you guys and I yeah and, and we we really got got some talking and, and we we found out that we're very similar on on many things and have have a lot of things in common so I think that's I think that's that's yeah as you said it's it happened naturally but the the main point is this was 2015 so yep. and we're still talking regu on a regular basis to each other right. and we're still sharing everything about our lives mm. and i think this is really special because to anyone who who's listening and who might have had any um situations abroad or even if you like studied to it in a different city you might know that it's difficult to keep in touch over distance you have and to so be very active about it if you want you to have keep to it. be Yes, you have to be active, and it do, it only works if you have two people who, who mm -hmm. are behind it. And mm -hmm. um, and we're uh, I was lucky enough to to have have had you visit me actually twice um, in twenty eighteen, mm -hmm. and um, I'm waiting on my chance to visit you. And um, yeah, and, and somehow we made it, uh, even though we're, we're in this distance. And every time I go out drinking, I I, I kind of wish I. I, I I could have you sitting there with me as well, um, which let's not get too sentimental, but that's just, you know, even though this distance thing is annoying, it's, it's also great to, to be able to, to have that. And, mm -hmm. um, and now we thought, you know, we're, we're Skyping and talking anyway, so let's make our Skype converse, conversations public and, uh, and trying to do a podcast since, since it's it's possible, and um, I think we have many interesting topics to speak about. We always end up talking about a thousand different things, so uh, we thought maybe it would interest some people to hear uh, to uh, let's say uh, unique people discuss uh, different uh, uh, topics. And uh, you know, talk, talking about you visiting me, it's it's always weird for me to ask people to to come here because um, I feel. Uh, there's so much better places to to go. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if our auditors ever went to um, Canada or, or Quebec more precisely, but I mean, New York City is like six hours from Quebec City. Uh, New York City, yeah. So, like, why would you go? I guess to Quebec City if you can go to New York or Boston or Chicago. I guess it depends, like, what you're looking for. But I had a Korean friend visiting me uh, in November of last uh, in 2019. She loved it, or she loved it, um, but I'm like, with with your with your only two weeks off of your whole year, like you went to Quebec. It's like, well, it's, I'm very great. I'm really grateful. It was great to see her again. But uh, like, yeah, maybe you should have gone to Italy. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm well, saying? 
I, I know what you're saying, but it, it's all, I think it all um, perspective here is key because you live, you live in a different area of this world and you, the things that are close to, to where you live and that are, you know, things where you, yeah, let's just go for a vacation. Actually, these kind of things for me as, a, as someone who lives in Central Europe are Italy, are Spain, are the UK, you know, all these beautiful parts, like don't get me wrong, of the world, but this is not that far from me. And so like having a big trip where I say, okay, I really want to go away. I want to experience a different culture. I want to, right. um, yeah. And I, I, I also want to have like a special experience there. Mm. So having, having a local there, first of all, is awesome. Yeah. And then I think, you know, I think, I think, uh, um, what you told me about Quebec and everything that I've researched on my own, it, it seems to be super interesting. It seems to be beautiful. And I, I am also very, very curious about all the food that I try. Like for me, traveling <laughs> is always connected with food. Of and course. So, um, this is a thing that I, that I'm, I'm always kind of um, disappointed when I go to the U S um, that the food, the cuisine is, is not really that. Well, the, the America, uh, the USA, they don't have really, really have like that, that um, worked through cuisine. It's like big beefs, big piles of, of meats, it's burgers, which are awesome and I love. But, you know, it's not like Italy where you go and it's just every restaurant has these, these really awesome, um, awesome types of food. And I think it's and I'm very curious to, to experience that in Quebec as well. I think the issue with the U.S. and U.S. food is that it's a it's a I'm sure the president wouldn't like me to say that, but it's a very immigrant based country where. Uh, the whole country was basically made of of different cultures. So mm -hmm. there's there there's not a strong national food there. It's a lot of fusion of like or adaptation of I don't know UK food or French food that was adapted to the climate and the ingredients that were available. So yeah. I don't know. What I don't like about the US a lot is that you can get it's very 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 hard and expensive to get decent food. I That's so true. Yeah. That's very annoying because you go to France or, or you go you go to Italy again. You can get like a to like an average restaurant and eat like very good food. But in the U.S., if you just want decent food, it's it's so pricey. That's the worst. That's the for me is the worst part about the U.S. for when traveling. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's um, what what I read. Like I read an interesting thing about about how national foods develop, and they it said there that. For um, in most times uh, when when the cuisine of a country is actually evolving and developing, is when they um, when they have uh, when there is no food around. So when they when people are starving and there is mm -hmm. some sort of um, of uh, like a shortage of, of of food and product. So that's when they have to take what they have around them and have to make the best of the most of it. Right. And, America never never had that. They always mm. had those big wide areas. They always had um, had had sources of food. So and that's why why what their cuisine is is basically is more and bigger and and juicier and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So and and that's why they don't have these these type of things. Like when we go back to 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 Korea, what Korea has. They have a lot of these food, like like kimchi and all this radish and all that stuff. That's 
that's in um how do you say that when you put it in a jar and you just leave it yeah it's for it's fermented food oh fermented correct so you have all that why do you ferment food well because it's easy to store it and it's mm -hmm. um it keeps the all the vitamins and stuff so you know that's just how 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 different cuisines develop and i think that's really interesting regarding korean food it's uh i think it's 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 it, it is interesting to see also like the history of the country how it uh made the customs i remember uh, uh i used to go out to the, the korean gallery and she explained to me that um the why they eat very i don't know if it's the proper word in english but uh, like not noble parts of pork mm -hmm. and a lot of pork okay. itself is because uh the japanese when they uh conquered them they used to take the good parts and leave the, oh. leave the shit the shit parts to the the locals the koreans So that's when they got into like eating intestines and uh, the the, oh. the famous the, the samgyeopsal, you know, the Korean barbecue. Yes, it's I do. it's a very it's a very shitty meat, right? It's just a lot of fat. Yeah. There's not a lot of meat on it, and they eat they ate they, they ate these parts because that's what they had left for them. Um, so that's why they eat traditionally weird parts of meats. Apparently, that's what she told me. But uh, and I thought it it explains a lot. And uh, usually cultures that eat a lot of pork in general uh like we eat a lot of pork here too and where we were so historically we. pretty yeah well i don't know for german but for german history but here we were also like a pretty poor people that that went through you know, tough winters and military conquest and so uh, pork is is like a, not a very noble meat so uh i know for us and for korea it kind of explains why we eat it uh yeah. instead of more beef traditionally which is was known to be more a luxury good, right? Uh, I don't know if it's the case for Germany too, but uh, yeah. Um, I have to, to be honest and say I, I don't really know. Um, mm. um, I'm not too too sure about that. Um, yeah, so, um, oh, by the way, if you hear, like, if my voice uh, cracks, if the connection is bad, we have a storm coming in and it's uh, supposedly a very bad one. That's what they said. A storm? So, yeah, it's a big storm coming to Hamburg, uh, to northern all of northern uh, Germany, uh, coming tonight. And you can already like I'm I'm looking outside the window and like, you can already see see everything shaking. The trees are moving. So um, do you have snow? Do you have snow right now in Hamburg? No, not at all. No, <laughs> not an inch of snow. We it's it's this weird, wet and windy. Uh, and cold kind of weather like the the one where it's really not useful like if it's winter and it's and there everything's is, is uh is cr um crowded in, in snow like i get that this that's that's winter you know you get the winter feeling but if it's just this kind of half cold half not so cold thing like the birds every morning i hear the birds singing like it's fucking spring <laughs> they they think it's fucking spring and then it's get it's get it gets cold a few days and they die and then it gets a little warmer again and you know so no we don't have snow but we have the storm coming in and the storm has a frightening name uh called Sabine. So, okay is that frightening name it's a, wow it's, it's it's a name it's like a german name for a woman it's like it's like your um It's like your 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 elementary school teacher's first name. That's <laughs> okay. You know we have we. It's funny we had a a storm uh, too here. Um, 
not too long ago, and apparently there was 40 uh, centimeters of snow in Quebec City. Wow. <laughs> 40 <Yeah>. centimeters. <laughs> that's crazy. That's, yeah, that's, uh, but it, it, um, the snow uh, collecting, I'd say, uh, process is so efficient uh, in Quebec City because if they don't, the city won't be able to function. <laughs> so they're very efficient. They're very, very efficient. So uh, I'm how sure. They, how do they do that? Like, like what's, what's that um, efficiency like? So they have a three, they have a three trucks set up. So um, one is plowing the snow uh, into a line. Then there's following that, there's a big truck with a truck with a big container behind. And I know like a, a, on one side, it's hard to explain uh, without you seeing it, but one side of the truck has a big wall coming up. And behind this truck, there's um, uh, something like, like, I don't know what's called in English, but like it's taking the snow and throwing it into the back of the, 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 the second truck. And it goes up all the way up the wall because it's always at the same angle. So it gets like a triangular shape or something. And, wow. and, and when the truck is, is full, it gets to the this, this snow dump. And there's always other trucks behind following and replacing it. Uh, so what they do is that each district uh, as it's time or is closed for the night. So you cannot park your car uh, at all uh, in that area for the whole night. So when you leave a, a highway or a rain road, there's always a sign with lights. If, if the lights are on, it means don't park. Otherwise, like you'll get fined and your car will be surrounded by snow and you'll hate your life tomorrow. So, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very efficient. Uh, it's, a, it's a big deal, yeah, yeah. And each year they make like a provision of how much it's going to cost. And most years it costs more because <laughs> it's, oh, wow. it's very, yeah, human resource and physical resource intensive. And these snow dumps, uh, last year, one of them didn't have time to melt. Um, so all summer it stayed there because it becomes like ice and very like, you cannot imagine how big these snow piles are. And okay. one of these... Like how big, how big are they? Like... I mean, okay. several, like, I don't, several, several floor high, you know? Really? Like, yeah, yeah, probably like five, six floors or something. You cannot no. go there. It's illegal. It's very dangerous because children would go there to, to play, right? But uh, it's, it's a massive, massive, massive. Uh, uh, like, my building is three floors, maybe four floors, something like that. Uh -huh. And, uh, and it's, it's very, very, very large. And uh, yeah, so one of them in, in Montreal didn't melt. Uh, so winter came again and it, it was still there. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like, no, it was the whole year it didn't melt? I mean, it melted, but not all the way. There was still a block of ice uh, in, in really? when the snow came back again in November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and um, but doesn't it like, when it does melt isn't it like uh, all, everything is soggy and there's way too much water coming down yeah but it, it's in remote places like it's not in, in, in the city right so um, like I, I, I sometimes you see them because they're like uh, you know how big highways cross when they cross each other there's like circles you know you leave a highway and it's like you, you go in circle and there, there's four circle right it makes like a club club you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah, I think. But I do. Some, sometimes they put snow in the in, in the middle of the circles, uh, of the four the four the four circles. So, uh, but otherwise, it's it's uh, it's in remote places. So I I haven't seen one. I don't know. Uh, the only one I saw was the highway ones. They're they're not the most common. So, 
Uh, it'd probably get drenched uh, and disgusting too. Uh, I don't know what you do with it. Uh, but if, if it's in a remote place, I guess it doesn't matter. But we have floods. Each year, it's a big issue. Uh, people are displaced. And I actually live very close, like, I mean, a kilometer from a place that is flooded each year. But I'm, I'm on a hill, so I'm fine. Uh, like, why did they, lead, they, they let people build their houses there knowing that, you know? The cities are yeah. just won the taxes. So they just let people build, build, build. And now they realize that they're in a flooding zone. And each year... Uh, their houses get destroyed, so like, they cannot sell it because nobody wants to pay it, right? Yeah. So there's a, imagine you invest like your your savings in a house, and 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 you realize a year later that it's, it's a flooding house, so uh, it loses like probably like fifty percent or more of its value. So you just you know it's, it's very unfair for these people, and the municipalities don't give a give a fuck about it. So it's a shame. Wow. Yeah. Word to that! Wow. Um, yeah. So, so, but, but, how is it? How is it right now? The weather is? Is there? Are you guys having snow? Is it? Is is it looking like uh, winter in Canada? How I imagine it, or? I assume it is. Yeah. Uh, the Ottawa region is like moderate winter. I'd say it's 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 winter for sure. Uh, Vancouver is more like what you, you you're living through right now. It rains a lot and it's windy. Uh, there's no snow there. Um, the Canadian winter, you imagine, is basically the northern parts of each provinces or eastern Ontario, Quebec, and New Brunswick. This is where you, that's what you have in mind. But I, I'd say there's like, on the side of the road right now, if I look, it's probably like um, almost two meter high, I guess, of snow on the side of the road. I mean, I, I, okay. maybe a meter, a bit more. It's hard to see. It's far from where I am right now, but... Yeah. Uh, so the road is you know, each side of the road. There's like walls of snow uh, that you keep pushing, 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 and uh, and it gets taller, taller every day. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's it sucks. <laughs> I I don't like winter too much. Do you go skiing or you do any any winter sports activities? I I don't I don't do any winter sports uh, activities. So that's what they say, right? Uh, and and my dad always tells me you'll see you'll hate uh, each winter more. Uh, as you get older, each one will suck more. And when I was 12, I was like, that's BS, dad. Like, and now I, I fully understand what he meant. Like, each one is tougher than the, pre the yeah. previous one. So you, you do skiing, do you? I do ski. Well, I, I know how to ski. I, I guess that's, that's more correct. Because I, I think last time I skied was like two or three years ago. It's way too much time passes every time between skiing. Because I'm living in the north. So if I was living in Munich... It would it would be much easier to go to a skiing region, but here in the north there's like no hill at all. Mm. Uh, so it's you know I wish I could do it more because I really do like skiing. Um, yeah, but it's, it's it doesn't work out here. And besides, we're getting less and less snow each year. Mm. So it also that also that's also true for the southern Germany, and it's getting more and more true for Austria, where mm. most of the Germans go to ski. So you know it's it's not it's, it doesn't look that good but um could you like could you actually is there a place close to where you live where you could ski there's a famous place uh it's called Tremblant some people may might know about it uh it's uh it's like two hours from here uh it's, it's very touristic there's a lot of american people that go there to ski 
there's a lot of famous actors that have like uh, cabins there and like fancy houses. Uh, who is it? I think it's Michael Douglas. Uh, one of the guys who's he's known, he's known to have a house there. Um, actors and shit. They had, some of them live there during winter. There's like casinos there and stuff like that. I've never been personally. Um, it's like an hour north of Montreal. Um, yeah, I could, I guess. I, I guess I could. Uh, but I hate being outside during winter because I hate it being cold. So, Because you, you probably imagine uh, skiing as like when you go down, it's pretty comfortable. And uh, at, when you're at the bottom of the, of the hill, you can almost, almost go get a beer or something, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. Here it's... Uh, It, to me, it sounds like misery, honestly, to ski because it's uh, it's fucking cold. Like uh, I don't want to lose my fingers or like it's. I, 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 oh, I don't, come I don't, on! I don't. <laughs> I know I won't, but uh, it's just I don't see the point like, in skiing. The, really, uh, I I hate the cold. Like I fucking hate it. Every day I go out outside and I, I start to work with a, in a bad mood because I because it's fucking cold and I fucking hate it. Like, yeah. I, like every. You don't know how how many colds I actually get. It's crazy. <laughs> like this year, this year alone, I think I've had a cold for talking about like this winter, not talking about 2020. But this winter alone, I had like I think three or four colds. How and many I'm of not these? Living on. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. And and, and I'm. I, I was just saying I'm. I'm not living unhealthy. So if people are like, yeah, you probably smoke and you probably eat a lot of burgers. No, I don't. I, I live a pretty healthy lifestyle and I really try and exercise. I, I you know, I, I never walk around with um, like with wet hair after a shower, which is ridiculous. If you know, I have like five hair left on my head. It's like, I, I'm not that hairy, but you know, like, like you see these, these girls sometimes waiting at, at the train station. Oh, they yeah. have like wet hair in winter and you're <laughs> thinking, how the fuck can you do that? I'm not that kind of guy. So I hate the cold, but When you ski and you wear proper clothes, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to ski like with your, because you said you, you're scared of losing your finger. I mean, um, I, know, well, I know I won't, but it's just, I just meant like suffering for no reason. I, I guess I'm well, not well equipped. If you're wearing I guess. proper clothes, uh, like proper skiing clothes, you're not going to get cold. Like really, you're not. You're probably going to be going to sweat and be super warm. That's really, Maybe. that's really a cool thing about skiing. And, and you're getting warm because you're doing sports. Yeah, I guess. I remember, do I remember correctly, your dad is a big skiing enthusiast? Well, I mean, he does know how to ski, but I wouldn't really call him a, a skiing enthusiast. I, I, like he, he's into sports, so I guess I guess that includes skiing. I, I, do I remember correctly that he told me he went to Utah to ski? Yes, he did. He That's did crazy. My, it's absolutely fucking crazy, and it's something <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, I... It's something I I, uh, I, I don't really <clears throat> tell many people about because I think it's ridiculous that he has the Alps right in front of him. Like my yeah. parents are from South Germany, so and then they do it. But uh, I have to say, in his defense, I have to say he we have um, family in in the U.S. and they invited us to go with them, and so. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's stupid. I think it's awesome. It's I do. Just, I, I I am saying it's stupid. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, I I just I, I'm just trying to say uh, to justify why he did that together with my sister and my mom. Um, but yeah, it's true. Then you heard correctly. He did do that. That's uh, remarkable. 
I want to go to Utah, but for different reasons. Uh, because I want to become a Mormon, as you know. Oh um, yeah, I know that. I know that. But uh, who no, doesn't want to become Mormon? I mean, anyway, you'll be anyway because they will they will find you and baptize you after your death. You know? Did you know that they do that? They baptize you after your death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can That's you kind of do anything cool about it. It's uh, apparently a lot of famous people are are Mormon. Uh, without wanting to be is <laughs> the only religion <laughs> that i am aware of where they that's why they have all the records of people in america i don't know if you know about this but if you want to know your family history i think yeah. even worldwide uh, you should go to salt lake city to get your your family history because they collect everything and they baptize people because um, they want a whole world to go to paradise i guess um that's yeah. some, that's actually honestly i'd rather have you baptize me after i'm dead and, uh, and and make me a Mormon or whatever, instead of you annoying me every day and telling me how your God and your belief is the right one. But that's just my opinion. I, I do you know? Did I tell you I met a Mormon in um, in uh, Sapporo in north of Japan? No, tell me about that. So that was that was really funny. Like um, I was I, with one of my best friends. We were together in Japan two years ago, and we we went to the Sapporo Snow Festival. Mm. And we were at like supper main station to get like a train. And it's like um, when you go to your Japan, these, these train stations are, they're so huge and they're very confusing if you don't know the language. And we were there and there was this um, blonde American guy and he walked up to us and he was like talking to us. Yeah. What are you guys doing? And it seemed like he, he's actually happy to see someone, someone a Westerner and someone who's able to speak English. And right. we were just having like a small, like small talk. And, and at a certain point I was like, so what are you doing here? Like, are you guys on vacation? Because there was an, like another guy next to him. And he says, yeah. no, we're Mormons. <laughs> I like, and I like, yeah, well, congratulations. But like, you, you're just here being a Mormon. What are you doing? And so what he told me is that for the, like uh, for young Mormons, they have this opportunity to go abroad and to, you know, teach the learnings of the book of Mormon to, to others and they try basically trying to convert you to um, to their belief that's yes. as far as i know it and it looks like they can't really choose where they're going but he was lucky enough to go to japan in my opinion he was very lucky and i think it's a cool opportunity like even though i'm, I'm really not into converting anyone to anything with your stupid beliefs but i think it's cool that you get to do that and you know they come back and then they get they like full-grown adults and they're they have like an experience abroad which is rare especially for americans because the money oftentimes isn't there to do that for a kid and mm. so we were talking and my friend who was also with me is like a super atheist like he fucking hates god and um and so he was we were both kind of waiting for the moment where he's trying to convince of, of his religion but then he, he just showed us where to go and he Kind of let us be. I, w I wish we went. We, we had the opportunity to go for dinner with these guys because I'm. I, I always like that. I always like talking to people and their beliefs and like having a discussion. But yeah, yeah that's, that's the first and only Mormon I met. I've never met one, but uh, I'm I'm quite interested in 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 religion. I I'm not a religious person myself, but I'm I'm interested in the topic. So yeah, I would love to have a discussion too. I had uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, knock at my door once you probably oh, heard about them yeah i know them yeah they they used to come around uh in germany a lot when i was younger but they're not anymore well yeah it's uh so you, you know you know about the the blood transfer right 
Oh yeah, my my dad is a doctor, so he has many sto- stories about that himself. So there was a big deal here of like, uh, should the doctor uh, be allowed to forcefully give blood to save the the life of a children, or yeah. should the doctor let the children die, knowing he or she will die, right? Yeah. Because of religious beliefs, right? It's a it was a Supreme Court case uh, uh, here, so uh, yeah. So I don't know what's your take on it, but. Uh, I'd be interested to ask your dad about it for sure. Well, my like my my opinion, and I'm very sure my my parents' opinion is the same. That you, well, fuck you and your beliefs. Uh, you gotta <laughs> save your child. That's really what I think. Um, <laughs> I think so on too. On the other hand, on the other hand, if it's your own body, like say you yeah, are that's the different. one, and you like if you say, well, I don't want to take it because I'm gonna go to hell if I take your blood then I don't really care, to be honest. Like, do it. Yeah. I don't care. Like, uh, if you're my friend and you're doing that, I'm going to call you stupid and I'm going to try everything in my power to convince you um, that that's a mistake you're doing. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yes, yeah, yeah. as an adult, right? But not for children. Yes. Uh. No, for children, I think you shouldn't be allowed to to, to have that. Oh, um, I that reminds me. I mean, we're, we're almost at the end of our first session, but I I wanna mm. I wanna ask you one thing. Have you watched on Netflix? Um, don't fuck with cats. I have. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of Netflix. Um, but it was such a big figure here that I felt I had to. But uh, as I often find with Netflix, we could have a big discussion on it, but. I don't like their documentaries that much. I think they're all the same format with the person sitting at the beginning and saying like, oh, is it on? And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah, oh, I, know, okay. I know, I know. And uh, it's still, always, still I, I, yeah, th- yeah, I go think, on. I think it was, it was a, it was a really interesting documentary. It's about for everyone who hasn't watched it, you should watch it. I think it, it was a great um, documentary. Um, it's called Don't Fuck With Cats. And it's about this uh, guy. He's called, uh, Mag- Ricky Magnora. Magnora, and yeah. um, he, he's like a, this Canadian and, um, he got famous, uh, for uploading a video where he kills a guy. Like he, I think he, he I don't know if he has Butchers, sex with him on camera, but he butchers him on camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and afterwards, he sent body parts to uh, politicians in Canada. So, yeah, he sent um, he sent uh, parts to the, the the headquarters of the Conservative Party and the Liberal Party. Yeah, which is crazy. Like, and they <laughs> and insane. they and and what I didn't know is that he uploaded videos before where he did horrible things to cats and like yeah. tortured animals. Really, really gruesome things. Um, yeah, I was not aware of that either. I was not aware of that either before watching this. Yeah. And so I, I yeah. So, so what I wanted to ask you as a Canadian citizen is mm. how much of it did you guys? Because I know that I read an article in Germany about it, and I saw some clips of the video of the video where he kills the guy. But um, I, I imagine in Canada it must have been huge when that guy did that and it got public. Yeah, uh, why it was huge in my life was because he fled to Montreal. Um, he, he, yes. That's where that's where he did the video. Um, yeah. He's originally from Toronto, I think, or around the area of Toronto. So he's an uh, Ontario. Yeah, so. He did his cats videos over there, from what I remember from the documentary. Um, and it's crazy because the apartment that you see where he did the murder, I could yeah. find it because I know that area because uh, one of my best friends uh, lives in that area. <laughs> I know, wow. I know, 
there's a highway next to that uh, that place. It's a very ugly part of the city, but uh, and uh, yeah, so it's weird to know that these things happen. Back then, I was living in Quebec City, I think, still. Uh, so it wasn't close to me, right? Uh, Montreal is uh, two hours and a half from Quebec City, but still, um, yeah, it was it was a big deal. It was in the news, and um, it was it was a, it was a manhunt, you know. And the guy fled to Europe House, I think. I don't remember where. He fled he, to Europe, and he got caught in in Berlin, actually. Oh, okay. Oh, I really remember the the the, the German part. I thought he was he, he got arrested in France, but I knew he fled nope. from from Montreal to Paris, I think. Yes, or, or, I did. Uh, it's crazy because he got there, which is it's not reassuring. I feel I felt like if you if you do a crime or something and you're and you're people are looking for you, like airports are a no go, right? Because they will instantly find you, but apparently they don't. So <laughs> I don't know. It was weird, a bit weird to see that. Again, it was a few yeah. years ago. So I think I, the guy re- actually wanted to get caught. That's that's my opinion. I think he he yeah. knew that he wouldn't be able to get get through with this, and and you know the way he behaved it was really like he was crying for attention yeah he's a miserable guy like a total loser uh trying to do something to attract people's attention like you know i don't even remember the part where he's um he says that he's like people were accusing him of having an affair with an ex like a previous a woman who killed people before yeah and he went to like toronto stars like the biggest newspaper in toronto and like had an interview about this and it was founded on nothing like he himself made that that rumor on the internet like that's so lame such yeah. a lame person it's so lame yeah. <laughs> it's so lame uh yeah I, one of my favorite quebec musicians i'm wearing a t-shirt from him right now uh, i was supposed to see him live two weeks ago anyway um he, he, they, they wrote a song um where he talks about the murders but uh, he could not he could not uh publish a song with the the actual lyrics because um, now he sings Manika, Manika, Manika but it was supposed to be Magneta, Magneta, yes, Magneta and yeah he, 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 people told him he could not uh, release uh, the song <laughs> like that um, yeah so just, uh, just a random fact uh, yeah so he's a, he's a big he's a big figure for sure because everybody knows it's very rare we have um, high, pro- high profile stuff like that here uh, like Quebec City has usually zero uh, fire, we- fire weapon murder per year. It's very peaceful. Montreal a bit more, but it's not. It's not a very violent city either. So when these things happen, it's, it's very shocking because I feel a lot of people. I I cannot talk for whole Canada, but I know in Quebec people have this tendency to think they're in a safe bubble. Like oh, nobody cares about us. We're just like little people doing our own thing. So when when there's when there's a big deal happening like this. Or like the mosque, the mosque shooting in Quebec City. People oh, were yeah. like, "Holy oh, yeah. shit!" Like, it's it's happening in my backyard, right? So like, holy shit! People are, yeah, it's a, it's it's always a bigger deal because we're not used to that stuff. So yeah, yeah. Well, I, I these, these, I, things, I, I, these things, these things, I think they always <laughs> happen uh, when when nobody's expecting them. Like, yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, right now in Toronto, it's there's never been so many murders. Um, for a while, there was like one gun violence uh, per day. So, um, wow. Think, think, yeah, yeah. Think things are changing dramatically over there. I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going on. Apparently, it's gang violence, and it's a big uh, topic. Like Trudeau was elected with one of his 
main promises to change the law on, on getting handguns, handguns. But people are like, well, it's one, it's like one hour from the U.S., so people will just get guns anyway. You won't change anything. So it's a big debate here about weapons and how how hard is it to get a, a handgun in Germany? Um, like like to get a gun here? Like a handgun, like a pistol, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's almost <laughs> impossible unless you have like you, you can like get a, like a license to to be able to carry a weapon, um, but even that it's it takes takes time. And uh, if you re- want to get a gun the legal way, I think it's it's almost next to it's next to impossible to get like a a real shooting gun that that you can use to kill someone. You can get like a sports gun, but even for that you need a license. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and they register you and they test you and you have to have a certain <clears throat> kind of safe at your home. So it's very, very strict over here. To and would you, of course, you can always do it, get it illegally, but right. even that, I, I would have no idea how to get that. Yeah, same, but uh, laws are similar in, in Quebec in case you wondered. But um, I, what do you think of people saying, well, strong laws just make people buy like criminals will still get their guns illegally anyway. So what's the yeah, point, right? What you, make it better? You, you, you need a, the only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Yeah. That's my opinion. That's what I think. <laughs> so every teacher, you should get an AR-15 as soon as you can, because otherwise there is no way we can protect our children. No way. Yeah. No. Like, yeah, like, it's fucking bullshit. I think all kind of weapons should be so fucking legal. You should, it should be almost impossible to get them. If you're a hunter or stuff, well, sure. But um, besides that, um, test these guys, test them again and again, and mm-hmm. um, make it difficult and, and always, you know, make really having a gun the serious issue that it is. And make make them everybody know that they have a huge responsibility. Like one one time, I I went to a shooting range. Like a, it wasn't really a shooting range, like the ones you imagine the way you see like hot girls only wearing bikinis and shooting <laughs> in the desert. It's not like that. It was like in a club, and they were. It's like a sports gun thing. And I had this little sports gun, which I'm very sure you can't even kill a dog with. It's really you can hurt a dog, but you can't kill a dog. I'm not not saying anything about hurting animals. I'm just saying it's that it's weak. weak. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even that having that in hand, it felt weird, and it felt like I don't want to have this responsibility. And I'm only just shooting at like a target, and but right. even that felt like it, you know it gives you this feeling of I don't want to have this in my life. Mm-hmm, and so I'm glad I, th- I feel that way. And I, I believe many people feel, feel like that as well. I know no one who would who is curious about guns and who would like to have a gun. I know no one. There's big lobbies here, you know. We always talk about the NRA in the U.S., but uh, it's a thing here too. Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's there's a lack of sensibility on, on some parts. Because, uh, uh, you know, there was in the 90s, there was a a guy who came with a machine gun into a university uh, to kill women, like specifically oh, women. Yeah. He was entering yeah. classrooms and he because was asking... a feminist, right? It wasn't like that? You heard about it, yeah? I think I heard about it, yeah. It was in Montreal and uh, yeah, he was asking guys to leave the room and, and just blank shooting women. 
Um, and the survivors of this, yeah, the survivors of this that receive bullets and survive, you know, like they face death in, in the eyes, right? These women are now, they made an association and they fight uh, against gun violence like very intensely, which is, I think, That's so cool. Yeah. Very legitimate, right? <laughs> yes. And they're badass women, right? They're, they're, it's an engineering school. So they're like engineers and shit. So it's, it's pretty cool. And, but there is the gun lobby is always campaigning against them. Like, like they say, oh, you guys are against the hunters and the gun enthusiasts and like freedom and whatever. I'm like, Bullshit. How, how unsensible are you? Like these women, yep. have you ever been, you're, these guys are like, I don't know, like electricians or whatever, like fair enough, whatever. But have you ever been like shot at <laughs> like yeah. blank? Come Fucking on, that's just a lack of sensibility, I think. Um, anyway, so people uh, think of Canada. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about Canada uh, internationally. And the fact that we're like a land of peace and no guns, whatever, is not as true as people think it is. There is lobbies, there is complaints. Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, but it's definitely not like the US, like miles from it, you know, but there are people that would love it to be like the US. It's, it's an actual thing, so... Yeah. Well, um, I think I'm very curious into that topic, and I think we should uh, go a little more into detail of with that. You know, one of our following episodes. But I think for today, um, mm-hmm. we should end it right here. I think so too. So, um, well, everyone who was listening, thank you for listening, and we're we're just figuring this out. But we hope we entertained you at least a little bit. And, and I hope I'm this recording forward. will actually work. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so too. I hope so too. We're, we're positive that our host uh, program, which is Anchor, is working fine. We're positive. So, you know, I, th- um, I think we should close the podcast with a little thing. Uh, you should say a little something in German. I should say a little something in French to close it off. What do you okay. say? All right, let's do that. Um, you, you have something in mind you want to go first? Uh, well, it's a very short thing. I'll just say thank you for listening, basically. So, merci à tout le monde d'avoir écouté, puis on se voit uh, potentiellement bientôt. Okay, then I'll, I'll do the same. I just go ahead and say, um, wascht euch mal den Schniebel, ihr kleinen Pimmel. All right. Thank you. So, thank you and take care. Bye-bye. Bye.